Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that you are here with me again today. Oh, we've got a wonderful show in store for you, a wonderful guest. Ooh, we got some really interesting stuff prepared for you. Of course, first we have our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. It looks like a couple of relatively short quotes today from the universe. Hoping, wishing, and praying shouldn't ever be confused with doing. Know what I mean? Tally-ho, the universe. Hmm. I think the universe is trying to confuse us, but (laughs) talking about the difference between actually doing, working on something, and actually just wishing, hoping, and praying. Um, And let's see what Abraham has for us today. The one who fears something the most is the one who has it most activated in their vibration. And so it is logical that they would experience it. Abraham. This is uh, one of those quotes from Abraham that uh, tends to get people a little riled up sometime. Uh, because Abraham, you know, really talks about the universe. The universe is really in a, a very neutral. You know, it's kind of like Google, right? With Google, you can either search like how to create world peace Or you can search like how to create a nuclear bomb and you will get results on both of those. Um, So the universe is sort of very non-judgmental. It just responds to whatever we feed it. And when we're in fear of something, we're actually putting out that vibration. We're actually lining up with the very thing we're afraid of. And by lining up with it, we're actually attracting it to ourselves. So, you know, when you hear about somebody experiencing something that they would say, oh, I never wanted this to happen, you know, oh, I never wanted to get mugged, you know, but you ask them, well, have you ever been fearful of being mugged? And it's like, oh, yes, every day. Didn't you read in the newspaper how that person got mugged and the other person got mugged? And like, oh, my God, I was so afraid. So we would naturally, by, because we sort of hold it in our mind, we hold it in our vibration, we hold it in, in, in our essence that's what gets attracted to us. That's what we bring about. That's what we end up experiencing. So the surest way not to experience the things you don't want is to completely, 100% ignore them. Or rather than just ignore them because you can't ignore the pink elephant in the corner of the room because now that I've said it, you're always going to focus on the pink elephant in the corner of the room. You need to focus on the white giraffe on the other side of the room. So we really need to keep our focus upon the things that we want to manifest in our lives. We need to keep our focus upon the health, the healing, the abundance, the joy, the connection, the community that we really want to cultivate around us. And when it comes to things that, you know, scare us, that annoy us, that bother us, that we can't believe they do that, the best thing we can do is to just not bother to give it any of our energy. Don't give those things any of your attention. Focus on those things you want to bring into your life. Feel them in your body, in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind. And that's the surest way of making sure that's what you bring to yourself. So, two interesting quotes 
from the universe and from Abraham. You know, it's it's uh, keeping in your vibration the things that you want. And and actually, if you really do keep your focus upon the things you really do want to bring into your life, you're going to naturally do the things to attract those things anyway. Right. So, yes, wishing, hoping, praying, focusing, visualizing, all very, very important. We just don't want to forget that all those things are for lining up our energy so that when we actually do something, we're doing the thing that is most effective for attracting that which we want to bring into our life. So, two wonderful quotes. As always, apropos for my guest, it is my pleasure to... Introduce to you my guest, Robbie Holtz, who is an international speaker, holistic consultant, and award-winning author of the memoirs Secrets of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Uh, She uses Australian Aboriginal principles, which she used to heal herself from hepatitis C and fibromyalgia, and she's participated in ceremonies with Aboriginal tribeswomen in Australia. Um, She does global speaking events, private consultations, and has very popular online self-healing courses as well, where she helps others to awaken to their powerful inner healer and achieve a higher consciousness. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Robbie. Thank you, Sam. My pleasure to be here. It's wonderful to have you here. So, you know, of course I got to ask, you know, how did a a nice, I'm assuming Jewish woman with the name of Robbie Holt end up, uh, you know, with uh, Aboriginal tribeswomen in the, the outback in Australia. I didn't know that was a Jewish name. Holtz? <laughs> yeah, Holtz is very is Jewish. Yeah, oh. yeah. But yeah, I guess usually it's with a T-Z, not just a L-Z. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, that was a long journey, and I have to say I resisted every step along the way, but there I was. <laughs> you know? Amazing. Yeah. Um, well, I, so, so what started it? I mean, what, what was it that kind of, I guess, probably got you out of whatever was sort of your path at the moment and said, you know, we've got to do something else? Sure. Um, I delivered my son 30 years ago, and mm. I had a blood transfusion because it was a rough delivery. Uh, 36 hours for the women out there who'll know what I'm talking about. Oof. And they gave me a blood transfusion that had hepatitis C in it, and they didn't really? know about that back then, so they called it non-A, non-B. Oh. And if they didn't have a name, they didn't have a cure. Yeah. And so the hepatitis almost killed me, Ooh. and then the experimental treatment they put me on almost killed me. Oh, so at this point, I had survived... S- death twice Mm -hmm. and western medicine had nothing for me they couldn't Uh, give me anything to heal this and i was really motivated to stay alive because i had this little guy this little mm -hmm. boy so i started searching for answers and found that there's all kinds of answers out there and ended up healing myself of fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome and hepatitis c because the experimental treatment had put me in such a bad state that i had such severe brain damage i couldn't finish a sentence i didn't know what i was talking about really um, didn't get out of bed for six to nine months. I couldn't even walk. To, mm. So that's the kind of shape I was in. And now you can see I'm totally yeah. fine. Yeah. So I healed myself of these things. And the doctors have tested me and said, you've, you've been cured for a long time. But what was interesting is that it's the same principles that the Aborigines teach on how to heal. I see. So, so, so how did you... Uh, I mean, obviously you look around, there's, there's tons and tons of holistic... Mm-hmm. approaches towards things, indigenous cultures. I mean, there's a lot of, of different things that you can try. Obviously, something about the Aboriginal um, tradition really drew you to it because that's where your focus was. What was it that kind of 
resonated with you so much that caused you to actually go to Australia and work with the Aboriginals? Well, and it was really my husband that kind of brought that awareness to me. He okay. had he was a physicist who had been um, a quadriplegic. He had been dealing with multiple sclerosis, oh, really? and he had been at least a paraplegic for twenty some years from wow. the multiple now, sclerosis. Now you said he was a physicist, so mm-hmm. we're talking like a real heavy duty scientist here. You bet, Sam. You know, an empiricist that's like you got to test it and see if it works and reproduce it and stuff. Right. So it, not exactly what you would call a woo woo kind of person. <laughs> totally black and white. If it can't be proven, it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So he ended up with, um, you know, multiple sclerosis for over 20 years and had been a quadriplegic, which meant mm. no feeling from the neck down for seven mm. years. And the doctors, Western medicine had done everything they could for him. And they said, you know, he really had about six months left to live. Wow. So he was searching for an answer to survive. Again, children are a high mm-hmm. motivator to stay alive. And he met a naturopathic physician from Australia who said that the outback, the remote Australian mm-hmm. Aborigines, have tremendous healing gifts. Mm. And I know how to get in touch with them. So he went into the outback, this skeptical wow. scientist, but with in no a, other answer. In answers, a wheelchair. In the wheelchair, wow. as a quadriplegic. Nobody would go with him. They thought it was crazy. And he thought, he mm. won't go if nobody goes with him. Well, he's, he's a triple <laughs> Scorpio. He went. <laughs> <laughs> Stubborn as all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he went into the outback and in t- less than 10 days time regained feeling in his body, which he hadn't had in seven years, really? was able to clumsily walk on that airplane aisle supporting himself with the seats and was totally transformed. Wow. And the Aborigines said that they had been told by the big guy, which is mm-hmm. a genderless term for divine God, goddess, whatever you want to call it. Okay. I don't know what the Jewish term is for that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, but big, the big one upstairs, the big one upstairs. Exactly. And that's why they, it's the big guy. That's as yeah. close as we can come to a translation. But they said that um, the big guy said that they were to give their healing secrets to this man. He would take it out into the world. Oh. And so he he was so transformed by what happened to him that he started mm. writing secrets to Aboriginal healing on the way back on the plane ride back. Mm. And it gives their healing secrets because mm-hmm. the Aborigines say that we civilized tribes don't understand how healing really works. Yeah. It's a body, mind, spirit. You can't separate them. And if right. you don't get to the emotional core, it's like picking the top of a dandelion. It's going to come right back again. Right. So right. that really opened my eyes to their world and oh. their tremendous wisdom. And I think what the listeners will enjoy is that the remote aboriginals mm-hmm. are awakened. Mm-hmm. They have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to know is when you're in these awakened states, what's your wisdom that you can pass on to us? Mm-hmm. And what is the healing wisdom that we need to know? Because this stuff has been passed on for 60,000 years minimum right. Right. from generation to generation. And it's just verbal. Right. And they're just starting to open up this world and mm-hmm. handing it to us because they said we really need it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's and it's curious how various indigenous cultures, not just the aboriginals, but, you know, the, the Native Americans in, in mm-hmm. South America, there's a tremendous amount going on. And, and, and just all around the world, you're hearing more and more about sort of the various indigenous cultures. Now you're starting to learn more about what are these, you know, in the past would have been considered, quote unquote, folk remedies but are actually coming out and, and ending up being very, very powerful and able to deal with things that modern medicine doesn't deal with. Exactly. There's yeah. some common threads between all of these indigenous cultures, as you said, and yeah. it's so fascinating how they all have a very strong connection to the planet. 
Yes. They know that we're one and we're connected and we've lost that. Yeah. And the Aborigines say that we lost that when we started speaking out loud. We lost our communication, our telepathic, our connection where we could no longer hear the plants telling us which ones healed what. We couldn't hear the trees talking to us. And yeah. So they think speaking out loud is very chaotic and primitive. Wow. I think I would agree with them. That's fascinating. I never would have thought that. Hmm. Okay. I have to ponder that while we go to commercial break. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, because I make my life speaking out loud. So, <laughs> um, so uh, really fascinating. So when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what are their secrets of healing? You know, just maybe some of the basics. And of course, if anyone would like to call in and ask your own questions of Robbie, the call in number is 877-480-4120. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, Lifestyle Travel Consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Robbie Holtz, author, speaker, and uh, Aboriginal healing advocate, I guess. So, so your husband came back from the outback, and they told him he had had six months to live before he went, 
um, uh, with with MS, and 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 now he was no longer a quadriplegic. Um, what happened when he came back? He came back a totally transformed man and mm-hmm. in body, mind, spirit, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And he started um, immediately to get a, he was already a physicist. He, mm-hmm. he had been an inventor and very scientific. Now he knew that there was a lot of gray that existed mm-hmm. that couldn't be explained, but yeah. it still was there. So he got his degree as a doctor in immunology so he could use that to practice what the Aborigines had taught him. Ah, so okay. you might call it psychoneuroimmunology, yes. where the mind is used to stimulate the immune system. Mm-hmm. And that's what he started doing and he ended up starting to open up to his gifts and mm-hmm. became a phenomenal healer uh, and opening up to the abilities that the aborigines have he became telepathic people's skins was transparent to him he could see through wow. he could see the chakras uh he could see tumors inside it was just astonishing and he started working with what he called a solar angel named Julie, which we describe oh, in the book. He started okay. to wake up to the fact that he had a, a, a guide with him who could work through him. Mm. So she could kind of see through his eyes and he was the conduit. And I think one of the reasons he was so good at it is because he knew how to really focus that mind. Mm. So she could work through him and he could see her literally lasering tumors off wow. through his eyes. It was a very interesting time. Wow. So, to be honest, I fell in love with him uh, when he healed my sister, who ah. had an incurable disease. Okay, so, so you actually met him after this whole experience when he was already healing mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what happened with your sister? Well, I come from a good Catholic family, so we mm. have a lot of, lot of siblings in that yeah. good Catholic family. <laughs> and one of my sisters in the Midwest had developed uh, uveitis. It's a very rare Um, inflammation of the iris and because Mm -hmm. it's so rare they don't bother putting any time into research because there's not much Uh, money in in, uh, so she was losing her sight she had lost all her vision in her right eye and had a little bit of peripheral vision in her left eye that was Mm. it and this had happened over like a year and a half and so Mm. he had fallen in love with me and um, I was not going down that road with him (laughs) let's put it that way so he said well send your sister out i think i can help her Mm. and so she came out trusting me and in four days time she regained her vision when you say send her out where was she lived in the midwest we were out in the northwest we Ah, were in the seattle area okay yeah good question sam they're going to wonder what the heck that meant Yeah. yeah so she came out from the midwest came to seattle and in four days' time, she regained her vision. And he told me the night before, he said, I want you to pay attention. She's going to, don't tell her, but she's going to see in the morning. And it's, sometimes it's really hard for me to talk about it because I still remember you know, her waking up and saying, I can see, I can see. And that is when the f- somebody flipped the switch. Mm-hmm. And I instantly fell in love with him knowing that he had done that for me. Wow. So then we started this life together of, of healing and working as a healing team. And... W- you know, people don't go to an alternative healer unless they've gone through everything. Every, everything. Else, uh, so by the time they came to us, they were stage four, stage three cancers, yeah, AIDS. Yeah. And we were spending a lot of time helping people. And we decided one day, let's go to the other end of that. Let's start helping people teach, learn how to heal themselves hmm. and not get so sick. Let's teach right. them how illness happens right. and how to prevent it and also how to heal it. Right. And that's what I've done ever since. Wow, wow. And what was your background before you met him? I had been a court stenographer for 25, <laughs> 30 years. So I got to hear all the stories in court about what you don't want to do and what you do want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. And, and so at what point did, did you decide to write the books? 
Well, he passed in 2007. This is oh, okay. 12 years beyond what the doctors told him. And okay. he told me he'd be leaving in a year, that he was needed more on the other side, oh. and that he'd be assisting. He was able to help more from the other side. Oh, interesting. And we were both pretty upset about that mm. because we were very happy. And, and But eventually we came to realize if he can assist humanity more from the mm. other side of the veil, then let's right. do that. Right. So after he passed, I got the book out in honor of him what I didn't know is that there is a lot of healing in that book. Mm. And I was just kind of guided intuitively, get the book in people's hands, just mm. get it in their hands. And so I'd start getting emails from people saying, some people can see energy mm-hmm. and they'd say, I can see rainbow colors coming off this book or <laughs> off the receipt that's been in the book or off my husband's hands who briefly held the book. That's when I started to wake up to, okay, there's a lot more going on here than just mm. the secrets of healing. The Aborigines had placed a high intention that there would be a lot of healing in this book. Uh. So it, it takes them through his journey, this skeptical scientist mm-hmm. in the outback and how he healed and it gives everybody the information so they can heal themselves. Wow. Um, and so when did you make your first trip to the Outback? A year after he w- uh, passed, I was, okay. interestingly enough, invited to be uh, in the Outback with Aboriginal women. Oh, the Ab- wow. And I, I'm sure Gary had a big part of that. See, he's continued to be a big part of my mm. life. He's part of my healing team that assists me. He's, exactly. He showed up every morning at eight o'clock he was a very punctual man (laughs) and so i did not expect that was going to happen he'd show up at eight o'clock not 801 Uh, not 759 he showed up er very punctual i could see his energy except that one time i think it was two years ago in the spring when we switched our clocks you know when he was off an hour otherwise the man was just right on i gotta give him credit for that so um i was invited to participate in ceremonies with outback uh aborigines near Mm -hmm. uluru airs rock oh uluru yeah. and that's where gary had gone to there's a very strong vortex of energy Uh, so the women had decided that they wanted to open up their ceremonies and their knowledge more to people Mm -hmm. the men were quite resistant Mm -hmm. and the women won out which happens Mm -hmm. doesn't it and so they invited uh, about 20 women from around the world to come and participate and the men were outside of the where we were doing these ceremonies we never saw the men because it was so powerful what we were doing we needed the men to be holding the right. energy and grounding us and protecting right. us. Right. So I went there and was a little freaked out initially because it was so different, mm. the outback. It's yeah. very harsh. Yeah. Uh, it's red dirt. Mm-hmm. You touch anything, and if it's wood, it'll splinter right into your fingers because mm. it's just baking in this intense right. heat. Right, right, right. It's very hot. There are, my my uh, campmate had a tarantula chasing her around the campfire <laughs> that was as big as a dinner plate, oh seriously, God. and the body was as big as a fist as oh a hand my God. so I, if the first night i just remember in my sleeping bag thinking what have i gotten myself <laughs> into <laughs> yeah i really didn't think this went through i just jumped on and then yeah. i heard a plane overhead and i was like oh, okay there's some comfort in that so yeah. <laughs> yeah but we created um and the women were adding to this to the power of the ceremonies all the women i could tell that the aboriginal first of all i knew they were telepathic so i was very mm. careful about uh, what my thoughts and also they were i could feel that you know the outback aborigines are a very high vibration mm-hmm. and this is they're able to access this so much easier because they're in this higher frequency mm-hmm. so i could feel and i could sense that they were raising our vibrational frequency so that these ceremonies would be more powerful uh-huh. and i'd wake up during the night and i'd see these hieroglyphics that were aboriginal and i just knew they were downloading or upgrading my software mm-hmm. however you want to call it right. 
and then the final day we we had no idea the white women had no idea what was going on and i thought it was interesting the aborigines never had a specific time when we were going to do these ceremonies Mm -hmm. they were waiting for everything to just fall into place they're so Uh, present moment and so when things were right when they were you know aligned with nature then they would go and have these ceremonies and so Mm -hmm. they would call us and we the last day created these ceremonies that were so powerful we had thunderstorms chasing us around the campground and and they when i went back to the hotel later they said they hadn't seen storms like that in like five years yeah because it's really dry there isn't it? it's very dry and they told us uh that we white women had added enough energy to this you know to the situation that we had helped create a lot of rain which they needed right right. so so that was beautiful to know that we helped them wow so when you came back i mean you can't go through an experience like that and not be transformed but what was it like when you came home after that? Because when you sort of expand yourself energetically like that, when you come back, it's you feel very different, and all of a sudden, everything around you feels very different. Doesn't That's it? a good question, Sam. Yeah, yeah. you. It's a walkabout. Mm. Truly, it's a walkabout. And anytime you do any kind of walkabout, you're going to come back in a higher vibrational state. Things are not going to be the same. Right. So I had been gone for a month, and I came home to a house that had been flooded. Uh-huh. I didn't know it, but I had a toilet that had been leaking slowly enough uh-huh. to create mold on all the walls. Ooh. But what it was, was it I didn't want to leave that home because Gary had died in it. And this is where we had all our uh-huh. memories. And they were pretty much saying, are you done now? Can <laughs> I, well, what do we have to do to get you out of this home? All because right. there are we need you to move on. Right. And so coming back with molded and everything had yes it got me out of the house Mm -hmm. and you know and they're always trying to lead you to a better place and where i'm at now i love it it's what i've always wanted i'm like sorry i put up so much resistance seriously Mm -hmm. this is just this is exactly what my heart and you're still in the seattle area yeah yeah yeah. wow um did you keep in touch with the other uh, women, Western women who participated in this ceremony, or did you all just kind of go your separate way? We kind of all went our separate ways all over the world doing different things, you know? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and when you came, is that when you wrote the, um, the, the Secrets of Awakening book? Yes. Um, y- you know, I, I asked, what's the highest vision of my soul? And, mm-hmm. and I got clearly we'd like you to write a couple books and i Uh, just am like well i don't write so i'm gonna need some help (laughs) and they brought me beautiful help and they said we want you to write a book about awakening because we want people to move in that direction there's a lot of people that aren't finding the answers and they're not finding it in dogma and religion and they're looking and so we want you to show how you awakened and how the aborigines already have this knowledge and so that's what the second book aboriginal secrets of awakening is about and and just very briefly when you first came out with the book did you find there was a lot of resistance to it or or were people like open to it because they knew like your story or your husband's story i've had nothing but phenomenal reactions i've just been blown away how well it's it's all been received it's beautiful okay wonderful wonderful okay it's time for us to take another commercial break when we come back let's actually get into uh, some of the 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 foundational um, principles around the self-healing and and awakening and and really Mm -hmm. what is the lesson for for modern men and women uh, in today's culture okay so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Robbie Holtz, who brings us the secrets of Aboriginal healing and awakening. So uh, we've talked a lot about your background, your husband's background, how you got to all of this. Let's talk a little bit, maybe just about some of the basics. We don't have a tremendous amount of time, but but really, what have you learned about the self-healing? Like, What are the most important things that people need to take away about what... It, how we really dive in to help ourselves to heal. I love that question, Sam, because this is really going to help people. You know, people become very conscious of what they're eating and their exercise, mm-hmm. which they should. Right. But we need to pay more attention to what are we feeding ourselves emotionally. Right. Because they don't realize that it's very simple. Either you have love-based emotions or fear-based emotions mm-hmm. or negative, toxic, which are generated right. by the mind. And some of the most toxic emotions, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just that it creates a different type of cell right. and Dr. Emoto showed a lot of the different cells in right 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 and what are the effects upon water exactly. when you flash freeze it and everything exactly my experience has been it, it's not so much that the emotions are bad but it's when we hold on to the emotions yes, right I exactly. mean you feel the way you feel but if we 
feel it and let it go, that's usually not a problem. But when you hold on to it for 20 years, that's when it turns into a tumor or some right. other form of disease. Right. And that's what the Aboriginal tribes people will tell you is that we civilized tribes really hang on to stuff. And yeah. it's a, it's here to teach you and help you grow. Right. And you you have this experience in your life and then you release it and let it go. Right. But, you know, People need to be aware that these, for instance, the most toxic emotions for the body are self-hatred and guilt. Mm. And I'm a Catholic. <laughs> I know guilt like nobody's business. Talking so, to a Jew who yeah. really knows guilt. You know, you know what they say, <laughs> Jewish guys know about two things in life, guilt and where to find great Chinese food. And I can <laughs> promise you I know both. Yeah, so you need to, like you said, right. you want to, you don't want to be holding on to that stuff, right, right. and because it's it's a dense cell, it doesn't vibrate as quickly, right. and it's, um, it, you know, it doesn't hold as much life force in it, and it, so it right. creates a perfect breeding ground for disease. It's a very slow vibrational cell. Right. So the opposite of that is when you're in love-based emotions, gratitude is such a hugely healing mm. emotion. Uh, forgiveness, huge, right. uh, any of those, they're going to help create a different cell that's a very high vibration. Right. They hold a lot of life force. Right. And when you're in these higher vibrational states, disease can't sustain. Right. So right. people need to become aware of, you know, if you tend to have a lot of uh, heart problems in your family mm -hmm. and you're holding on to grief, we tend to hold grief in mm -hmm. our chest area. You need to be aware of that. You need to be letting go of that grief right. and releasing it right. and certainly not creating more of it because you can have problems. You start slowing down the chakras. Right. Um, it, the, the, these negative emotions that are toxic to you, they're sticky and gunky. Mm. And it slows things and blocks things. And so right. people need to become aware of that. Right, right, right. How have you seen, like, when you came back and started to teach people about this, I mean, how, does so, how do you teach somebody to uh, stop holding on to these negative emotions and, and learn to become more present to them and allow them to flow and not just hold on to them? It's, it's really becoming aware of, uh, for a lot of us, it's autopilot. Especially right. with my my guilt yeah. back. I mean, it's just, it's my default mode, right. whether I'm aware of it or not. So you start raising an awareness. Okay. You start becoming aware that this is what's going on. And you start one thought at a time as you can. No criticism, no judgment. Just right. shifting that mind over into more loving responses. Mm. Okay, can I keep my sense of humor about this? Where mm. can I find the compassion? Mm. What can I be grateful for? Mm. You know, so you start shifting that mind over. And you start paying attention to who's belief system is that yeah, that's creating yeah, that yeah. that expectation Who, whose thought is that anyway exactly whose voice yeah. and you start the problem here's the big thing sam most people have their minds in charge yes. and the mind was designed to be a powerful tool assisting yes. this soul this right, higher consciousness right. so you start getting that mind to start shifting more into a support mechanism rather right. than being in charge yeah they say that the mind is supposed to be the soldier of the heart not its master exactly i love that right. yeah so um so when uh, when somebody comes to you and let's say they have some kind of illness, does the illness, depending on the type of illness, does that um, indicate sort of what the emotion is that the person is holding on to? That's one of the things that I do. I have I, I tell people, just give me one hour. I swear uh, I'll change your life. One hour is all I need to help you recognize what the emotional core is to uh, this because you've got to get to that emotional core 
or it's like picking the top of a dandelion, it's going to come right back again. There's always an emotional core. Even if you have a blood transfusion or it's a car accident, there's always an emotional core because it's a body, mind, spirit. And the Aborigines tell us that if the body, mind, spirit are aligned, Mm -hmm. then you can have, you'll have wellness. Mm -hmm. But they all need to be on board and aligned. But most of us are not supposed to be getting sick. Most right. of us are making this harder than it needs to be. Our <laughs> bodies are just crumbling under the emotional weight. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Yes, absolutely. Like they say that cancer comes from anger. Uh, you know, that, that you'll find that depending on the form of cancer, that's a different form of anger. And what I tell people is mm-hmm. you don't fight the cancer. The cancer right. is simply a messenger right. letting you know that there's emotional cores here that need to be addressed. Right. It's... You know, doctors are starting to wake up to what the Aborigines have always known. You know, mm-hmm. you can call it quantum physics, psychoneuroimmunology, mm-hmm. all there's all kinds of words for it. But they're starting to wake up to the fact that the body and the mind are so intertwined. Yeah. And that the doctors will tell you that if you have 15 minutes of stress, that lowers your immune system for right. 24 hours. Right. So I remember as a court reporter years ago taking the deposition of a uh, oncologist. And uh-huh. he said, if you look back in people's history... Everybody knows that if you look back in somebody's history who has cancer, they have had a sustained stress sometime over the last six to 12 months. Sustained stress. And so that's where you start recognizing that they're so connected. Right, right, right. And the body itself also holds on to things as well. Um, You know, here at the Double Diamond Wellness Center, we have a psychotherapist who does trauma therapy Mm -hmm. and and, and uses a form of, of therapy called EMDR, which uses eye movement to help the body to process trauma and we found that very often the you don't even remember the trauma from when you were three years old but your body remembers it exactly exactly my neighbor came to me he'll love that he's i'm talking about him on the air i'm sure or not he came to me a couple and weeks ago yeah and his name is and here's where he lives um he came to me and said that he had just been now this isn't typically part of his you know, understanding his belief system, but he said that he had just started doing yoga and he said, I got in this position, this yoga position, and all of a sudden these emotions from a car accident years ago Mm. came flooding out. Mm. And that really woke him up to the fact that these things are trapped in the cells. We carry them in us. And certain positions, certain release mechanisms help release this stuff. Mm. And that's what the Aborigines are talking about. You've got to get to the core. You've got to release these things. Let's stop making more of it, but let's start releasing it as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So so that's kind of one of the foundational cores for for healing. And what about for awakening? Awakening is really where you start moving through the fears of the mind. When you no longer have the fears, you have become awakened. Mm. You see the whole picture. You don't have the aversions. You don't have the attachments. That's Mm. mind stuff. So what you're doing is you're waking up to the mind and what it's been feeding you. Mm. And you no longer are bound and imprisoned by that. Mm. And that's, I think, where my passion lies, Sam, is in helping people learn how to heal, learn how to awaken, because it takes them out of this pain of the mind and the pain of the body. And so, you know, it's coming back to this higher consciousness and awakening to who you are, that you are this magnificent, divine, luminous being, brave enough to 
incarnate in a physical body to experience what's happening. Right. And this is an amazing place to grow. Right. And Absolutely. everything that comes to you is perfect for your soul's journey, for right. how you need to grow. And that you chose it. You chose it. Everybody <laughs> signed up for it. And so not to judge other people's journeys because that's the way they need to grow and the right. way they need to awaken. We're all going to get there one way or the other. It's just that everybody's on different paths. Right. Uh, do you find that people today are more open to hear the message of yes. awakening than in the past? Yes. And it's clearly happening. Yeah. It's, it's happening around the world. You may not see it on the news. Right. right. Um, this, this radio show, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's happening. And I think that there's a lot of things helping that. There's a lot of... Um, it's an amazing time to be on the planet, as you know. This is yes. why we're here, helping others awaken. Right. And there's a lot of listeners out there that are deliberately here to help. And how you do that is you awaken first. Right. And then it helps others awaken. You right. start having more... You know, this is what I love about the Aborigines. They're already in this awakened state. Right. They live in a high state of love, gratitude, mm. service for others. They don't even have a word. They don't even have any kind of a possessive word. Oh, really? Because that's that, that there's no competition. There's no my. Oh, it's a different world. And this is where we're moving. And so as you do that, it allows others to do the same. Right, right, right. So as, as uh, one of my friends likes to say, it's learning how to model that community behavior. Be- yeah. because they live very much in community. Yes. And, 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 and lately I've been also learning the lesson of how important community is to awakening because without somebody else there to reflect what's going on with you or to trigger you, you don't really know truly whether mm-hmm. you've worked things out. But when somebody shows up in your field and, and they remind you of your father and they trigger you in a certain way, then you know you've got some work to do. Absolutely. And, and you're so wise to talk about community. And also, when you get people who are in a higher vibrational state, right. you being next to that is like a tuning fork. It right. tunes you up into these higher vibrational states, which right. is why I always love meditating with others, because the energy is so much higher than you could do right. a, on your own. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we've led meditation groups, it's like anybody who, who's done a group meditation knows that when you do the meditation in, in group, that the combination of everybody's vibration makes the whole experience exponentially, like not not arrhythmically, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like one plus one equals two. It's like one plus one equals four. Yeah. Because it really exponentiates or the energy. Or 10 or 20. Or yeah. 10 or 20, yeah. absolutely. You get, and, and if you get six people together, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 30 people together, it becomes a very powerful experience. And this is how the planet is changing. Yeah. Little by little, we're all waking up one at a time, moving into these higher states of love and service for each other, mm. letting go of the greed, the competition that's just falling away. Right, right, And that's right. what's going on. Right, and I think one of the key things is people really need to learn to turn off the TV because, yeah. you know, I have this conversation with people all the time about, you know, I'm fairly optimistic because I see this flowering of consciousness around the planet in a million different shapes but people say oh but the war and but what's going on here and the, the economy and this and that and and it's so hard to kind of get through their patterning because they're so ingrained in you know today's headline news I'd love to talk about that. All right. Well, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about how you get past that programming. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back.
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Dude, dude, dude. Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully. Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com forever disrupted. The dudes of disruption, disrupting your automatics. Dude. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour has been Robbie Holtz, author of, uh, co-author of the books uh, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. So, so, Robbie, last segment we ended off talking about, you know, how people get so stuck in the media and the headlines and the news and how awful this is and that is. So, so what can people do to, to sort of extricate them from that situation? I think you have to pay attention to who's f- feeding the media to you. It's right. the fox Absolutely. in the hen house or, yeah. you know, where you're getting your info. But I tell people to pay attention to what kind of energy are you adding to it? Mm. Because if you're going to add frustration and anger that and more fear, fear is not a good thing to be adding to the planet. We have right. plenty of that now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, turn the news off. Right. And shift it into something, again, it's always about shifting that mind back into something that's more loving and compassionate. Right. And be more aware of what kind of energy am I adding in my body and then out to others. Because it's affecting right. everybody around you and the planet. Right, right. And I think when you recognize that everyone is, has signed up for what they've signed up for. Mm-hmm. And some people have signed up for some challenging things. But they're right. here, some of these circumstances help awaken us. 
They yes. help shake us. And sometimes we have to really be shaken. Right. So you start becoming aware that everyone agreed to this. Everyone mm-hmm. signed up for it. And mm-hmm. w- what can I do? I can add some compassion. I can add some love, not more fear. Right, right, right. Sort of take the judgment out of it. Exactly. Because we love to judge things. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's bad. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's bad. And all that does is kind of add more of that... Um, uh, dense uh, energy to to what's going on. That's the mind. Yeah, that's the mind again. You start paying attention to whose voice is that. Yeah, those expectations and the judging it. Right, yeah, right, stop. Right. Uh, you know, I've learned to stop all criticism, judgment, and comparison. That's just my mind. Right, exactly. and it has made a big difference. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, and especially in Western culture, we've some come to glorify the mind so much, and it's like that's everything. You got to educate yourself. You got to use your mind. The mind was really meant to be a recording and a measure device and that's it <laughs> you know the the it's really you know when people talk about mm-hmm. a gut feeling it's really your gut that's supposed to be the decision maker not the mind exactly that's a really good point you bring up that the mind is designed to follow and be open and willing to the guidance that comes right. from this higher consciousness not right. in charge big right. difference big difference or again being the servant not the master yeah yeah so um, when you work with people, do you recommend any kind of a daily practice to help them, either in healing or in awakening, that something that, that people can do on a, on a regular basis or incorporate into their life that can help them in this process? You know, if I say the word meditating, I don't want people to, <laughs> you know, automatically have it. Oh, it's the M word. You know, and I have a friend, I love that he said this. He said, if you think you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, you need to go sit down for an hour and I'm think about have, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's really about quieting that mind. And a meditation is really any time you have become totally immersed in the present moment and not letting this chatty, busy mind take you off into the past or future or off just present moment. That's where the power is. Let the, let the past die, go into the future if you need to, and then come right back to the present moment. Right, right, right. So like just paying attention to your breath, right? Yes, exactly. So the more you get quiet, the more you slow down that mind, the more you stay present moment. That will give you those aha moments because all the answers are within you. Right, Everything with, is right. within you. But you've got to be get quiet to tap into that. And I've just found meditation to be one of the most, he, it'll accelerate anybody's healing. Right. It'll accelerate the awakening process because what right. you're doing is you're sort of deflating the mind enough to feel what's right. really going, what this higher consciousness wants to tell right, you. Right, right. Because now you're being open to sort of hear what you're not really paying attention to. Exactly. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, you know, it's kind of amazing, like you wouldn't think from an Aboriginal sort of point of view like meditation, but it's the same thing that we're starting to hear like all across the globe, isn't it? Well, and if you you can call it dream time, ah. but the medi- the Aborigines spend more than half of their time in dream time. Oh, really? And they start at the age of about three or four. Oh, wow. So they are what they've done is they've unplugged from the mind and they have plugged into this greater consciousness this grid whatever you want to call it but they're they'll tell you that we civilized tribes don't really use our subconscious minds they're doing quantum physics they're going in and they're creating the reality that they want they're going into these other dimensions they'll tell you this is an illusion Mm. that that where they're going is more real so they will spend more than half of their time connected and tuned in can you imagine this is why they have such beautiful wisdom they're they don't have the distractions, and they are spending so much time connected to this greater consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard of of, of indigenous cultures and indigenous communities like dreaming somebody 
quote unquote into existence like the, I forget the name of the woman someone from Europe who came to South America that they dreamed her there and then she became yeah. like a tremendous advocate for uh, indigenous cultures rights and things like that quantum physics yeah yeah, yeah it's amazing um, and there's, there's been a lot of controversy in Australia it, hasn't there been over the aboriginal cultures like in the past they've been uh, you know, the, the the governments or the people in charge have really tried to take away the Aboriginal rights and, and take away a lot of this brilliant wisdom that they have for yeah. us. I mean, this, they have had the stolen generation up until, I think, 1967, which is amazing to me that it wasn't that long yeah. ago they were still stealing the children, children yeah. to make them more white, I guess, is how they were doing it. But yeah. the what I'm talking about today is the remote Aborigines who have uh, not had any connection to civilization. Uh, they have been safeguarded and tucked away in this vast desert on purpose. Uh, in fact, the, the tribe that Gary was with had never seen a white person except for the two oh, healers really? that were there. They don't have any connection to civilization because, well... Look at us. We're just not quite as awake. <laughs> well, but are they starting to have, I mean, now, especially with writing these books and things, aren't they starting to have a little bit more connection because they're starting to no, give the, the gifts or are they still saying? No, separate? I think they're leaving the planet. And I think that's why they're giving their wisdom ah. to us is because it's kind of like the whales. They can't sing their song lines. We have such disruption um, in the waters for the whales. We have such disruption on yeah. the song lines for the Aborigines that they just can't communicate like they used to. And, and it's, they know that it's time to pass this wisdom on to us. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I'm talking about the remote ones, and that's a very small percentage. The yes. ones who have gone into the city, they've disconnected from yeah. the tribe, from yeah. their identity, from the mm-hmm. land, and that's why they're particularly challenged. Mm. So it's a different, a uh, it's a different uh, culture, yes, belief yes, system. Yes, completely. But thank goodness people like you are bringing this information out to us and, and helping to let people know that, that this exists, and as you said, has been out there for many, many, many Beautiful many wisdom, years. yeah. Um, if people are interested in the books and would like to get a hold of them, how would they find them? I love to support the little bookstores, but uh, you know, but it's a, it's anywhere. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's everywhere. M- the publisher Inner Traditions, but you know, it's nice to keep mom and pop open yeah, wherever absolutely. we can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a new a new a new um, mom and pop bookstore just opened around the corner on Columbus Great. Avenue. So thrilled Great. to see that. Um, and if people want to learn more about your work or get a hold of you, we have an online course. We've tried to make it accessible for people and easy mm-hmm. and affordable. And then I do online or I do consultations, one hour, mm-hmm. they can go to holtzwellness.com. It's H-O-L-Z, as in zebra, mm-hmm. W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, holtzwellness.com. There's a lot of information up there to help people. We uh-huh. try to give them a lot of info. Okay, and they can also order the book directly on sure. your website? Oh, sure, Great, great. So what's next for Robbie Holtz? <laughs> Well, I just discovered there's a third book coming out ah. later this year that I just didn't know about until uh, this week. So that'll be... Um, Can you give us a hint on the topic of the third? Well, yeah, I've been teaching people how to tap into this higher consciousness that we all have an advisory team, mm. as we call it, or, or an advisory committee. There's tremendous help on the other side of the veil, but right. you have to ask for it. Yeah. It's a free will planet. You've got to ask. And yeah. so I've been teaching people how to tap into that tremendous assistance because it makes life so much easier so Uh, much more fun uh, and so that's I think what the third book is going to be about oh cool cool asking for help and from the other side excellent excellent well thank you so much for coming on the show today Robbie it's been a pleasure having you here my pleasure, Sam. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And and for all those listening, um, uh, please stay tuned. Coming up next, Kevin Barbaro with his show, Coffee Talk 3.0, all about independent artists and actors and his own uh, life's journey and uh, 
transformation and reinvention. Um, next week, I've got more great, another great guest, another woman coming on uh, with some tremendous information, sort of a more conscious business entrepreneur type person. And um, of course, please make sure to check out our website, sign up for our newsletter if you haven't done so yet, so you can stay tuned on all of the great shows we have here on TalkingAlternative.com. Thank you for listening, and we will speak with you next week. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.